0: And welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for September 9th through October 8th, 2018. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, Dorothee. My pleasure. So we have come through the summer, we have come through eclipse season, and we're here in the beginning of September. And I'm really excited to hear how the stars are guiding us right now.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you. I feel like I want us to all um, have a collective sigh of relief and uh, affirmation, a big yell together that we made it. Uh, through uh, the three eclipses and seven planets retrograde and um, and uh, a, a very chaotic uh, cultural uh, landscape and everything that we're, that is going on. Um, so yes, this is the first new moon since May that is in an Earth sign. So this new moon in Virgo on uh, September 9th, Virgo animates and activates and carries out the orders of the alchemy of healing. So Virgo is a mutable Earth sign. And as I said, it's the first one that we've had in a few months. And um, we now have and we about seven planets that are actually in Earth and three in water. So we're we're feeling it really profoundly because over the summer we had so much fire and you know, a considerable amount more air, and we didn't have any grounding. Whereas now it's like we've come to earth, you know, we're met by earth and we feel ourselves in earth and mutable. The mutable earth is almost like, it could be seen like mud when it's, you know, with water, but it's also got a nice, like, you know how earth can really take in our feet, our footprint, earth, that mutable kind of earth that's soft, it receives us, it receives the seeds, it, it allows us to easily harvest. You know, it's a, it's immutable, it's flexible in that way. And so it's got, uh, it's, it's got, again, more of a sense of gentleness and almost nurturance to it in that sense. It can go where we're going and uh, flex with us which is always nice to have like everything that we've been through this year and boy has this work year put us to work this year of the dog Um, it has really been a profound year and it's not over yet by any stretch of the imagination in terms of what the year is still going to ask us to uh, in a very profound way get uh, even more in sync with inner and outer self, so but the but the the hardest I think most dismantling elements in that sense have, have um, happened and with um, big solar eclipses and lunar you know eclipses go they they work with us for at least six months to sometimes two years so we'll be um, you know continuing to have these themes that we have uh, gone through you know move forward for us. So when I think about Virgo, so we're in this new moon in Virgo, um, and when I think about Virgo and we talk about Virgo, everyday health, everyday work, like kind of our habits, our rituals. And so it's kind of like that daily grind or um, that sense of how we show up and we tend to you know the simplest things of caring for ourselves and making sure that our we feed and we be fed and you know clothe ourselves and all those tasks that if they don't get done nothing happens that when we don't tend to the mundane even though we don't the mundane isn't particularly sexy or interesting but the mundane it's impossible you know it's kind of like when we're not grounded or we don't have self-care um you know it only lasts for so long virgo is that Goddess keeper of pulling down the moon or lighting the, lighting the lamps of the of the priestess hall. You know, just making sure everything is available um, in in the helper and the helping of of the most esoteric of ourselves. So Vir- Virgo, in that sense, I think of in some ways is the practical mystic or the practical perfectionist. Um, it is a time where we're reflecting and reviewing about that sense of how can we get a better feel for how we are engaged in the daily practice of self-care? How can we get a better feel for what has gotten accumulated even through the year, but most particularly through the summer? You know, we've been through a lot through the summer and all our summers. And so then Virgo comes in and says, okay, let's take stock on what is now um, in our lives and how do we want to move forward in that? in that way. So it's it's in that moment of saying let's assimilate because Virgo is the other sign that's ruled by Mercury and so Mercury is information and it's also assimilation of information and um the application of information. So with this in mind, Virgo very much says, okay, let's see what you've learned, what you've grown, what you've discovered, what's happened and kind of like if a kid came home from camp you know we'd go oh my gosh you've grown let's see how many inches did you grow and maybe they brought back you know their dirty laundry and you know some chicks and and they learned also how to swim and they learned made new friends and and they um and they just learned about themselves and so you would you would you would go oh my gosh i'm so excited and so some of these things we're going to take care of and we're going to clean up and we're going to let go of and tend to and some of these things, we're going to know that you're forever changed by that adventure. And and we want you to own that a little bit more as you launch into fall, so to speak. So we want to meet ourselves at the threshold on this new moon and really take a little time to, to articulate for ourselves because we've had such, it's not been a typical, not that any summer might be a routine summer, but this has been, I would say, you know, life altering in a lot of ways from uh, metaphysical, cosmic, and I think, um, you know, a deep, sense of inner knowing and discovery about who we really are and who we aren't, what has profoundly changed or what we can't ever go back to. We just don't entirely know it yet. So there's a lot that we need to sort out in that way. And Virgo is the most perfect person to meet us at the threshold and say, oh, that's, that's exactly what I'm here for is to help assimilate and apply. And again, with that notion of body process, let's let go of, you know, what's no longer useful. Let's Let's release it. This is a a, a time where we really are taking stock. And so Virgo is, Virgo, and like I said, the other polar, the opposite holding the axis of of Pisces are very much connected to service, to healing and healer, um, to being of service or in service. And because Virgo is that practical part, um, Virgo's the one to say, let's make sure this happens. And Virgo can kind of go, get obsessed with, this has to be made sure that it happens. And, and so Virgo will take the duty of the assignment of, um, you know, making the map realized. And so that becomes um, challenging. You know, you want a Virgo by your side without question. Uh, but, the, but Virgo will also hold then, because of Mercury through the nervous system and so forth, Virgo will hold that... Um, you know, that uh, vow it takes to the application and just to say, this, but this could be better. Let's make it better. Let's stick with this. I could see a better way. It could become more perfect. Not because perfectionism means it's really it's just about something can be more refined and better articulated and be better for everybody. Virgo does not have an off switch. Virgo gives, gives, gives. So unfortunately, a lower vibration so to speak, a lower octave that one can get trapped into uh, that we need to be thoughtful about is the victim martyr cycle in the sense um, that you know it can feel victimized almost by the tending to something, feeling obliged to and um, and the, and when we start with that we have you know we don't we just see it's like whatever it takes I'll just get it done And then at some point because we're not checking in with ourselves um, or seeing that we're allowed, even though we made a vow to take care of others or to get the job done at what cost to us. We have to be included in that contract. So then it's, it's when it feels overwhelming, when the tank is empty, when no one else is helping, that it can then start to feel like the martyrdom, you know, that sense of I'm alone in this, I'm not recognized. It's my in perpetuity kind of struggle to do this and do this alone. And those are certainly personality characteristics that we don't want in our cycle. And I think we all feel them in some way. And so it's an opportunity to say, you know, how do I self-recognize and not wait for someone else to recognize that I can be um, able to, you know, it kind of says, when do I get trapped in my own cage and that the keys are right there. So, you know, picking up and, and really liberating ourselves in some of that way. So I think it's that mercy and compassion kind of let's, lets exercise mercy on ourselves and really ask for what we need and declare what we need. And so Virgo is a wonderful time also to um, get a sense of what we may be feeling in that area of our life and starting to see if there's ways in which we can um, really articulate some some meaningful ways so that it's whether it's a viewpoint or whether it's it's really unbalanced, you know, because that's as we move into that equal day, equal night, we want balance uh, in our lives at all times and how we can help that. But so Virgo, we laugh a little bit about the the sense of the connection um, to the perfectionism or to that sense of, um, you know, being somebody in our life that reminds us uh, of the tasks that need to be done, but they're just really so important. I always bow to the Virgos in my life life, um, in that sense, because wherever Virgo is is in your chart, it always requires daily attention. It, it really does. It's just, it's almost like a drain that will get trapped. Uh, it's something that we just need to tend to. And, uh, so we want to be faithful servants and caretakers and providers for that part in ourselves and, and what we have got that commitment to in our lives, um, with those that we care about and situations and circumstances in that sense. Um. And so the other thing about Virgo is, as I said, the healers, the goddess that becomes whole. Um, I can't say enough the the beauty of when we talk about, and many times, in there's I've been noticing uh, so much the resurgence of the teachings of Mary, you know, um, and the in the different forms, the story and the um, understanding at that sacred feminine goddess level. And so in that sense, the in an element of the virgin, you know, Virgo the virgin, the virgin re-virginizing in the sense that Virgo is an opportunity at a goddess level to become whole unto ourselves. Totally whole, healed, one, and in the oneness, doing there was there was always um, the myths that the goddesses would take time away and marry themselves, and also there was there wasn't that virgin in the sense of non-sexual. There was a deep sexual element to the to that remembering and caring for the self on all levels, becoming whole, so that we are full and whole and sacred and one when we go out into the world. And there's that sense of the inner that is always in that sanctuary of wholeness. Um, which I think is really quite beautiful in that sense. And if we did um, those kinds of rituals, you know, even yearly, you know, remarrying ourselves, I often think of as um, that experience of carrying a child, and then when we have a baby, a lot of times, uh, there is, of course many reasons that we're maybe not as interested or ready or to engage in in having sex uh, in that particular way. But I also feel like there is a there is we are such, Sacred vessels for a period of time of, you know, carrying life. Uh, that I do feel like it. If there is that holiness unto ourselves. That uh, it becomes really um, a beautiful kind of sacred moment that we have to honor in terms of opening ourselves up to merge with another in whatever way that means for us, that it is a letting go of that wholeness um, as new mothers that I don't think is is maybe as acknowledged, you know, in that rite of passage for ourselves and, and taking that in and really breathing into it, the, the power of, of that experience, and I think we can do that with cycles too. So I would invite anybody, whether you're a mother or not, whatever you feel you have come through with, it has given you a sense of a, of an appreciation for your wholeness, for a full cycle or circle that you've been through. Go a little bit further in saying, I really want to honor how that has changed me, and I really want to let myself feel feel full in that and also feel whole unto myself that no one else will quite ever know that experience of what I have been through, that rite of passage. And I want to honor in silence and in privacy what I now carry as my own sacred understandings. And it's exactly what this moon cycle is really asking of us um, to hold. And I think the more we hold Virgo as sacred, the less we're going to get trapped into the cycles of devaluing of our worth. That's the one thing. Even if other people have lost value of what we do, don't buy in. We still want the acknowledgement. We want that, you know, worthiness. We want the equal pay. We want the, you know, the resources to be equalized. That's not getting away from it. We're absolutely entitled to that. But at the same time, don't buy into because they don't see it. It's not valuable. It's not invisible to ourselves. And so we we have to stay, I believe, in touch with whatever, you know, that might mean for us. So this particular moon cycle has some unique features that are are tied to this year of deep work and change. One of the things that I think is really important that I want to point out that we'll talk about in our next podcast, Venus is now starting a new cycle in Scorpio on the day of the new moon. And so Venus is our values herself. She carries um, in the inner feminine what we love and how we love and our ability to magnetize and our own expression of how our love is like the uh, fuel in a sense you know how love is that most powerful force of of the universe it's it's the love of something is the catalyst the love of is the activism the protectress the, the 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 passion you know that that comes from the heart and it's fueled by venus because she is the 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 experience in the heart level so the inner feminine, of the deep understanding. So as she goes into Scorpio, she's, um, you know, I kind of feel like it's just my, I have a lot of different kind of odd images, but I almost see like Venus has this incredibly big wardrobe, and so she goes and it says okay, what do I want to wear for this Venus lunation, um, this beautiful goddess? How do I want to adorn myself? What will really be the qualities that I want to capture through and embody? So when she goes into Scorpio, you know, Scorpio is deep and it's, um, you know, it goes into the taboo, it goes into the exiled, it goes into, you know, death and money and sexuality and merging and power and all of that. So, uh, you know, to think about what does she want to wear that embodies that in general. And then, um, so she's, she, you know, Venus, she's more sensual. She's more, you know, in, expressive in that way. She goes into those places that that are maybe um, a little bit in our shadow and in those parts that maybe we really are, are very comfortable going deep and provocative, and maybe we're just not. And so we start to feel a little uncomfortable with that energy. But that's where she is. But what is really exceptional to me... Is because I've been I've been watching these in my own life, and so um, you know I get a, I got a much deeper sense at a deeply personal level about the potential for us doing collaborative, incredibly rich work that we are engaged in during when Venus goes retrograde. So Venus retrogrades um, just before the next new moon, and when Venus retrogrades, she um, goes into the underworld and up, and so it's like you know that. I think it's Rumi that says, and maybe Shakespeare, you know, you've seen my descent, now watch me rise. So Venus goes into the underworld and then she comes up. And um, that's when we start to have a part of ourselves that will die and a part of ourselves that will more, um, up, that we will be reclaiming. So it's kind of like a classic soul retrieval. In the inner feminine, it's just exquisite for women. So we'll talk about that more because we'll right be at the beginning of that cycle um, when we do our next podcast. Um, I, I'm really just in awe of the Venus retrograde cycles and what its um, potential for us. So as I say, I just want you to be, you know, aware of that and aware of what themes start to come up for you and where they start to take you, and to really be thoughtful be um be curious even um i would love you even if you do a daily journaling or your daily meditations just go just imagine like you're having a dialogue with with venus and just say where where are you taking me in my body where are you taking me in my story um just like be let her let her talk to you and also see uh the beginnings you know of what starts to take place and we'll We'll get back together and talk about that. But again, it's the other thing that's very key about Scorpio is it asks us to commit, and to be invested, and to take our our intensity, not to be afraid of intensity, not to be afraid of our passions. Um, and you know, as women, we're often taught that there's a price we pay for that. And in the retrograde version, Venus doesn't really care. Retrograde Venus, she has got like she's more um virginia wolf used to talk about the front door self and the back door she's more the back door she's like i i am just you know i'm not as interested what people think of me when i'm venus retrograde so venus retrograde in scorpio will be i think very um very you know powerful for us and um and i do think that this also there's an element to this soul retrieval, this commitment, this go deep. This is connected to our calling because the other piece I want to say to this is that so then we have on the 22nd of this month, we have, um, you know, the fall equinox. That's a classic time where it's equal day, equal night, seasons change. And um, we do always want to do some uh, intention setting, letting you know ritual to let go, and to call in the fall seasons to feel that energy of change that come in. That's when um, the sun changes signs into Libra, which is ruled by Venus, beautifully enough. And um, and then on the twenty fourth is this this really potent full moon in um, Aries. Aries, remember, is sort of that huntress. She's the come and be, come out, I'm calling you, be completely your own unique, distinct self. Stand with me in the moon, stand with me undomesticated. I'm calling you, call back. So that's the howling, you know, of a call with me, I come back, let's rewild ourselves, let's be undomesticated, let's let's track, the, you know, let's track um, in the most natural way who we are becoming and let's forge ahead. It's saying it's time for the calling. Um, because it's connected to all this so this lunation the new moon seeds we plant in virgo where we're detoxing where we're separating the wheat from the shaft so to speak where we're looking at what crops did we grow over this year so that's something that's very you know um, for the almanac calls this moon is always the full corn moon or the harvest moon and we talk a lot about that indigenous saying of did you grow corn you have to the growing corn. It's great when you have ideas and concepts, but what did you do with it? Did you plant the seeds? Did you grow? You're in full core. Go out, you know, to your your harvest, and what did you harvest? So we look at that metaphysically, and we say, okay, did we harvest a lot of pain? Did we harvest a lot of suffering? Did we harvest a lot of jealousy? Did we harvest compassion? Did we harvest self-care? Did we harvest outrage that has to do with Um, what we feel is in need of change and how we can be a part of that. Um, Did we harvest some skill sets, some understandings, some action that we based and that we actualized? So we want to really look at what, and then what do we want to do with it? So if we have an overabundance of something, so that's when we get into that idea of privilege, which is not an idea. It's a, it's something that we're all dismantling, hopefully, and looking at all of our biases and blind spots that I think is going to be, for me at least, the rest of my life um, in terms of the embeddedness is that process. But to say, okay, so how do we um, you know, take that sense of awareness of what we have an abundance of and how do we share that? How do we bring it forth? How do we take that to to, to really um, uh, do something with what we've grown? And um, I think that, that in that sense of if there's been an abundance of something we need to clear or heal, that goes into a greater kind of healing crisis in some ways that, that says to us it's time to devote deeply to, uh, and it's, uh, you know, this is the time of year when we do devote to especially with the body, you know, to really finally, you know, to, if there is something that's out of balance or we've been, you know, feeling and we've been carrying a long period of time, uh, when we really let it go, I mean, at a deep level, core level, that a lot of miraculous healing can, we can engage in, in that way. So it's a time in this new moon to just really commit to purging, clearing, cleaning up the house, cleaning up our bodies. Um, and it's also the time in this new moon is the, um, the, uh, new moon uh, correlates with the Jewish new year, and that also has to do with a calendar and an ancient sort of um, really celebrating the sweetness of life, where we are in our life for the year as we turn the page of the calendar, what do we need to make amends, how do we need to take ownership, how do we need to, um, in the book of life, write our name in a way of a recommitment. Um, and celebrate. So it always begins with the good stuff and then the hard work. So in the new moon, it's a part of the sweetness of the of the harvest of the apples and honey for a sweet new year. So in that way to say, let me also, um, you know, in the Vergonian way, and we want to be, and I'm a Capricorn, so I'm always focusing on what kind of work are we doing in our lives? But it's also a time to celebrate our families, to celebrate the abundance that we have, to celebrate the sweetness of our everyday life, no matter what, that little bit of joy that's in there, like the honey um, of of the life uh, you know to make sure that that's really pouring and um, uh, available to our life. So it's a it's a very rich time. Um, so I think in this committing to this either new learning or up you know up leveling uh, and I you know want to say in a way, how can we almost leverage, and leverage is an interesting word because it can be very provocative. But I think in the sense of the collective feminine, for the greater good of the collective, you know, what our, what our great gifts are. How do we leverage those for the greater good? How do we link those to, to the collective and bring those forth, the remedy for the world? You know, with if we think about Virgo, there's an elixir within us that we're sorting out and harvesting, and then it's a remedy for something. So what is the remedy for it? And how do we bring it forward to where is that need? How do we bring ourselves? Um, uh, Lena Stevens of the Power Path speaks of this month as one of recalibration or restructuring. So I think it's to think about that. After everything we've been through in the summer and the year, it's it's caught a great deal of out of you know being out of balance. How do we want to you know recalibrate ourselves so we're in balance with the um, with the coming of fall? And the only other thing I'd say is with the importance of these. You know, the truth is you know, um, sacred is politic, right? I mean, spiritual is politics. So with these midterms of how do we want to leverage our vote, what do we really, something that we care about, whatever it is, take it in and really, you know, you know, really bring it uh, to someone who deserves our vote and to causes that we feel we can bring our voice to in that way that will Help humanity. So I think it's a it's a taking stock. It's forgiving ourselves. It's clearing our state of consciousness, and our systems, and um, beginning not only anew but with you know kind of what we've been through with a, a lot of knowledge.
0: Thank you, Susan. And I know a lot of people this time of year are getting back to school, or they may be starting new jobs, or kind of entering into new routines, and so. It makes sense to me that this could also be a time of kind of like purging and cleaning and clearing up and kind of resetting for the fall and the winter season. Um, And I wondered if there are any particular practices that you might recommend or things that we could do to kind of support this transition of the month.
1: Yeah, I think it is. It's, you know, whether it's um, people starting new, certainly I think all of us, you know, unless we went through a different school cycle, we do equate the, and it's gotten earlier and earlier in terms of when school even starts, but that sense of freshness, like we're turning a page where we have a new book, right? We have a fresh assignment book uh, and what that might mean. And uh, yes, definitely people are, it's always after Labor Day that everyone uh, kind of says, all right, I got to get back to business here. Um, so I think before we rush, because that's the other thing is summer, even energetically, it's like we talked about summer has a stillness to it. And so then fall isn't like that at all. Fall is when we go into, uh, it's a cardinal wind. So even though we're right now in that mutable earth, so we want to actually, I think this new moon as the, as that moment of that, like right after Labor Day, is to say, let's not just get let the calendar get away from us because when we're working with lunar astrology, we're working with the lunar calendar. So to say, let's start with ourselves getting recalibrated. And so I think, you know, I'd say one practice is actually we always get want to allow our natural cycles to come into balance so I think it's as subtle as taking walks and saying, how am I noticing the subtle changes of fall? And depending where we live and we can be living, I know we have listeners that are on the other, you know, we're in North America and you're in the Pacific Northwest, I'm in the in Midwest. But we, so we all have different, you know, different uh, ways in which we experience fall. And for some people, it could be spring or it's kind of a different, exp- you know, kind of idea. But that feeling state is what is changing around us. And what are the subtle ways? The light casting differently and the first kind of showing of the mulching. Because the mulching, when that beginning of death starts, so it's very subtle, like, you know, all of the harvests, now everything's ripe and needs to be harvested. It's, there's, you know, and so in that way to say, okay, what needs to be, you know, kind of starting to preserve for ourselves? What do we can, you know, all those kinds of things. First, we have to just get it all out of the ground. And so in that sense, what is, um, the values, what, if, what are the skills, like just really reflect what is inside of me that I need to harvest, that I need now to appreciate that has value over time and how do I preserve it? So I would use that question to do an inquiry with yourself. So one, I would just do, maybe you can do it while you're walking. Uh, And just, you know, walking and feeling how the earth, you know, it's a very earthly, right now we have the benefit of all these earth signs. So get grounded, get back into the earth, you know, really feel it. If you've got soft shoes or barefoot, like feel that soft ground, feel yourself, your, your footprint, you know, and getting connected back into mother earth and feeling her energy into us and how it connects us in that, in that beautiful way. But I would say in that sense, just to start to do an inner reflection and then to also kind of in setting the intentions of how do I want to bring what I've been through forth. So I'm not just hopping back in. I've, I'm actually bringing like, you know, I kind of think about it. It's so much clearer for when we're going through our life cycle, when we have a new year. So a new school year, because it's, you know, we get new books and we're going to be asked just to learn something new. And even though the last year we might've felt like we mastered it. And then there's always something we're starting over and we're beginning again. And so there's that new sense of frustration or, or the reaction about how will I do this? Um, But we lose that when we become adults. And so I think if we can enjoy the freshness of learning something new, the curiosity, the challenge, um, or teaching others as well, we're not only the recipients of, we're the teachers of. So it's like, how can I bring forth what I know, or what I'm being asked to, um, to others that are in need? How do I, teach that? How do I help guide? How can I do that in a way that isn't hierarchical, that in a way that is respectful, in a way that joins other people and have that interplay? And I would definitely, I love the way you talked about, like, um, even if we don't have kids in our everyday life, um, I think it's wonderful to really seek out some kids and they can, you know, give us that sense of the beauty and joy of, of learning. But I think, In terms of for us to get ready with that, it's to understand that a part of us may not be awake or willing even or ready for that, uh, what's being asked of us. So I think just taking stock of our systems, which is why doing detox always help. They can be emotional detox, they can be mental, and they can be physical. And I would bounce that lovingly back into your court because you have those wonderful teas and tinctures. And so um, perhaps you'll be offering us some to work with to do some particularly you know things like our organ cleansings and you know just like our liver cleanse and kidneys and things where it just kind of clears us up and, you know, um, gets us moving again so we feel ready. So I think that those are some things that we can do. And I think if we live with people and we have, whether it's kids or we have um, partners, that we can also encourage uh, our inner family, our inner home to maybe come together and say, let's think about that. Like, how can we all together think about doing some ways of all, you know, how do we, how can we be partners together? How can we be collaborators? How can we help each other? What's up for everybody? What's going on in the fall? And how can we help each other? What is it that would make a difference? And here's what would make a difference for me. And here's how our family can all um, create some rituals. Remember Virgo loves ritual. Some rituals that will actually help us. Um, so maybe something new in the house, like how we where we put our keys or line up our clothes. I know it sounds super mundane, but how many times do we end up getting in arguments because we're laid out the door and we don't know where our rain boots are. Or our- Keys or, you know, just stuff that our human self feels, you know, constantly foibled by. So I know we want to do these things in really esoteric ways, but the more we clean up our acts so that our life works for us, the smoother our life will go. So I, I think this is a really good lunation to say, how can I make my life work for me?
0: Mm, I love that. Maybe like getting the family together for a little house, yeah, house cleaning, inner and outer sounds fun to me because I like cleaning and organizing, but it uh, must be where my Virgo is in my chart. But um, yeah, and also for for anyone who wants to get some support um, physically with some detox and cleansing the liver, I do have a tea on my website, moontent.co. It's called Release Tea, and it has dandelion root in it and some other herbs that are really helpful for helping the body let go, um, and purify. So, um, definitely check that out. Um, I'm going to have new batches of all the teas very soon. And I also, um, was thinking that for some of our listeners who may want some support from you, Susan, what kind of services do you offer, Um, for anyone who may want a session with you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I've had the most fantastic opportunities to meet some of our listeners via Skype. Um, We've done some uh, utilizing of astrology and uh, utilizing of Akashic realm and record reading, which is soul memory, um, to really get a sense of recalibrating into who we are and who we are becoming. And it expedites and sort of helps uh, facilitate that, that getting on our own path at a deep, deep level. Um, and our guidance. And so I'm always delighted to work with all of our listeners, our beautiful, wise women. Um, so that you can just reach me through susan at everydaymedicinewoman.com. I also do integrative um, counseling. And so we do sometimes some work, again, via Skype, where we do, whether we're using those tools or not, that we can help facilitate as a means to uh, help do some of that inner work and some of that, whether it's grieving or trauma or really bringing them forth in in a, a very deep holistic way or if you want to do some deeper inner you know that inner feminine um, resourcing and animating um, it's it's a beautiful and certainly with that venus retrograde time coming up uh, that's a fantastic time to you know get a sense of where is venus ret- natally in your chart where is venus going to be expressing herself in your chart and how can we help um, work with that at a meta at a mythic level into the story of your bigger story and uh, And then write a story that really is about your rising. So um, I'm always happy to do that and um, grateful for this platform with you. Uh, I'm always so touched when we get those emails or little comments on Instagram or whatever. Just, it's, it's just, fabulous to know someone's listening and that it it has meaning for people. Uh, It just means the world. Uh, And the other thing is um, I have still registration, alas, is not open yet for um, this. There's in spring uh, the 9th to the 12th in May over Mother's Day weekend, a long weekend in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'll be doing a... um, uh, it's called The Power of the Circle. It's a long retreat on uh, remothering and remembering who we are together. So I'm excited to be able to offer that and invite anyone who feels called to that to come to our come to our circle.
0: Mm, so save the date on that Mother's Day weekend. I'm very excited myself. Well, thank you so much, Susan. And thank you to all of our listeners. Thanks for sharing these podcasts with your friends and moms and aunts and sisters if you'd like to rate us and leave a review on itunes that's also really great so that when people check out the podcast they can see that that it's a community that that is benefiting from all of these conversations thank you for listening to the show if you enjoyed this episode please rate us on itunes and leave a review You're also invited to join our growing community on Patreon, where you can get access to bonus offerings related to this episode and other treats. Join us at patreon.com slash moonwise. And if you haven't heard our recent episode about grief and postpartum depression, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I talk about my own personal experience with the shadow side of new motherhood and how it became an underworld initiation that I came to view as a tremendous gift. I believe this topic is relevant to more people than we realize, not just new parents. Because we'll all have friends, colleagues, and family members who become or support mothers. The more we know, the more we can hold space for this enormous rite of passage. You can listen to that episode and all our previous episodes on Moontent.co or subscribe to MoonWise on iTunes. See you next time.